Welcome into the Landry Football Podcast Network as we offer you another look inside the world of football today. We're going to take a look at kind of as early signing day as we put to bed in December. And it's been, uh, gosh, it's been over a month now, but we're February signing day, the second signing day. Um, fast approaching. We're going to kind of wrap up with things in the early signing day and a look ahead, uh, some different things that are pertaining to February signing day, kind of wrapping things up, giving an overall look at this recruiting class, different players, different things, and how it might have an effect on the college season uh, this coming year and beyond. With the transfer reporter, you never know, but we're going to take a stab at it. A reminder that you can get more detailed film room analysis of um, the the recruiting scene, the transfer portal scene, uh, the draft, the NFL free agency, college and NFL. That's what we got covered for you at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the holiday savings that we've got going on uh, today over at LandryFootball.com. Uh, it'll get you uh, the more the most detailed information, inside information, as well as um, analysis from a coaching and scouting perspective on the college and pro game. So, and also subscribe, like, and share this podcast, the Landry football podcast network, wherever you get your podcast so that you make sure that you get all of our football shows. <clears throat> As we expected, there was some drama during the early signing period, some notable flips, a double flip. Kind of, let's take a look back. I think, um, maybe the most interesting development of the early signing period was Dante Moore's flip from Oregon to UCLA. Um, there were some rumors that Moore might be looking around. There was some Michigan State talk, but nobody expected UCLA to be the team until it was. Committed to the program that has signed 19, 18 blue-chip prospects in the class of 2023 and ended up at a program that has signed a total of 19 blue-chippers in the last five years. Maybe it was as simple as seeing a clear path to immediate playing time. Um, with Bo Nix returning to Oregon and UCLA needing a replacement for DTR, maybe that had a lot to do with it. Um, I think uh, McLean um, was another one. Uh, really good-looking player, but Carmani McLean's late drama Top five prospect committed to Miami over Florida in October. When it came time to make it official, um, there was a tweet that went out by his mother that teams would not be signing on the early signing period. There are rumors that McLean might have been in talk with Deion Sanders at Colorado. Alabama still very much in the mix. It's been a windy road, but um, you know that was maybe a surprise to me. Um, Alabama getting the number one recruiting class wasn't a surprise. Um, the question's going to be whether they can keep this class together. Alabama's really good classes may not have been ranked number one. Last year's ranked number two. Look at the amount of guys that are moving off the last two classes. Those were two great Alabama classes, but the results haven't been as good. So let's keep an eye out on that as something to watch. Um, I do think that uh, having this type of class shows that they still can recruit at a high level, no question. 
but can they consistently keep those guys in? Have they made mistakes in recruiting? It's going to be interesting. Remember, an AM's class last year was the best ever. Uh, no longer is that the case. Half of, you know, very few of those guys even hit the field for AM. And you've had uh, at this count eight guys transfer out of that group. So uh, it's not even barely a top 20 class, even though on paper it was talked about number one, uh, barely hanging on to even a competitive class. Uh, <clears throat> Peyton Bowen was another guy that was interesting, the five first star prospect out of Denton, Texas, flipped from Notre Dame to Oregon on the first day. Didn't sign the next day, flipped and picked Oklahoma. Uh, and so there's that was a little bit of a surprise, too. Um, you know, Miami um, is another thing that maybe surprised me is how good it was. But again, buyer beware. Is it due to the NIL led by the big hurricane booster, John Ruiz. What is it going to mean? Is it going to develop a chemistry in that locker room? That's going to be toxic because it has been toxic to this point. So as you go about trying to fix the culture of the program is the way to do it with a bunch of NIL signings. I don't know. Um, Florida is a concern a little bit. Um, Certainly there are recent NIL deals. Jaden Rosada story is, has been lived in, in the real time and publicly, and then it's not been a real good look for them. Um, I thought their percentage of getting really good blue chip quality players are very good. Um, Brent Venables at his staff turns a ton of credit for what is a top five looking class. They've signed eight of top 100 players, including three five-star prospects. We'll see how, Things shake out and whether they can build a defense back up, but I thought there was some positives there. Um, uh, you know, um, I think uh, North Carolina falling out of the top 25 after finishing in the top 15 each of the last three seasons is noteworthy. Uh, Mac Brown seemed to have had a good thing going. Is is it a, a feeling that maybe they've peaked and Mac is close to being on his way out? They made it to the ACC title game, and Drake May was outstanding and is going to be back next year. But UNC signed four of the top seven in-state prospects in the 2022 cycle. So UCLA landed three five-star prospects in the first month after Lincoln Riley was hired last November. But he added one more top 100 player in the ensuing 12 months. Um, they're still in the mix. Uh, obviously, Deuce Robinson and Roderick Pleasant or some other guys. Uh, Michigan. Uh, the wondering if the class that Jim Harbaugh is trying to finish up now that he's put the NFL rumors to bed, can it recover? It looked like it had some impact in the early recruiting to some degree. Michigan has beaten Ohio state and made the college football playoffs two years in a row. And it signed another really good class and uh, landed a solid group of seven transfers, but, you know, we'll see how well that will will play out. Um, some guys that intrigued me, Deuce Robinson, the five-star Arizona native, is a top tight end in the country, a two-sport athlete, and um, and he wants to play football and baseball. And I'm curious to see, you know, um, where that ends up with USC, Georgia, Texas, Alabama. I mean, Alabama, those are some uh, really intriguing options there. 
for a really talented guy. Ruben Owens is a five-star running back out of El Campo, Texas. Spent majority of the cycle committed to Louisville, but flipped to A&M late in the process and gave them a little bit of um, hope with the departure of Devin A. Shane. They needed this type of player. Uh, Arch Manning going to Texas. Um, and it certainly was a big news TCU. Uh, what they're trying to build off of making the playoffs. Um, I am interested to see what uh, Nicole's Harbor out of Archbishop Carroll in Washington, D.C., um, where he goes and where he's going to play. I think tight end, Maryland, Michigan, South Carolina, Oregon, USC. Very curious there. Jackson Arnold, the five-star Texas native, uh, headed to Oklahoma, um, uh, is a guy that both of those guys, I think, can play early um, at Oklahoma and UCLA. And now the Bruins added uh, Colin Sheely out of Kent State as a transfer um, and could return two former four-stars and Ethan Garbers and Justin Martin. But Moore is an elite prospect who may get a chance to play early. Um, um, Jackson Arnold is another guy that, that uh, again, has a, a really good possibility there, could, could uh, start early at Oklahoma. We shall see there. Um, so um, I don't know that any of them are going to start, but <clears throat> I think those are some guys that at least people want to keep an eye out of. I'm curious to see what Nico Amaliva is going to do at Tennessee, see where that might go. Um, you know, uh, but there's there's some interesting guys um, and uh, see where, where things may go. Quarterbacks that I like that are not in the top 100 Three-star quarterback Zane Flores out of Gretna, Nebraska. Um, I, I I think he's a really good player. He's headed to Oklahoma State. I not, I'm a little surprised that Nebraska did not go after him harder. I think he's got uh, some really good instincts, even though his measurables are not ideal. Um, Austin Novoset is is another good one. Um, he flipped to Oregon during the early signing period, having previously committed to Baylor. Uh, I think he's got uh, a lot of potential there. Um, Lincoln uh, Keen Holtz, uh, a late rising kid out of South Dakota. You flip from Washington to sign with Ohio State. It's a really good looking player that I think's got a good future. I think uh, Louisville's Pierre Clarkson is a good prospect from Chink, John Bosco in uh, California. <laughs> Excuse me, Jeff Brom, remember, uh, back at his alma mater, picked up Jack Plummer from Cal through the transfer portal. But um, Clarkson is the son, by the way, of the private quarterback coach, Steve Clarkson. So um, another guy that I think is interesting is Cedric Irvin Jr., a South Florida native. Remember him? Um, played at Michigan State for Nick Saban and played for the Lions. Um He's, you know, a guy that I think can be a really good player. Stanford got him. Uh, now, a lot of people are more excited about L.J. Martin in Stanford's class, but Irvin's really good and was a former Notre Dame commitment. Probably, a you know, barely a top 500 guy, but he's smart, really good-looking player. I think Santana Fleming is another guy that received a lot of offers. Um but maybe not considered elite level. I think he's got a lot of potential. He signed with Western Carolina last month. Uh, he's a guy to remember and keep an eye out on. He's a Fort Lauderdale uh, native 
and certainly I think has a chance to maybe make a move up. Um, Kyron Jones, the running back from Charlotte, North Carolina, is somebody to watch. He's probably a top 700 player at best. He was going to Georgia. Uh, he was committed to NC State. Georgia liked him. I like him a lot. Um, they're really good at evaluating the position. I like the instincts, the toughness, the way he runs with good body lean. Um, what about Mac Howard, who signed with Utah? Uh, he's a prospect out of Mississippi who could have gotten more looks from SEC programs, I think. He waited a little longer in his recruitment. He fell in love with Utah, stuck with the Utes. He may not play immediately, but you watch and see if this guy is not a really good fit for this Utah style of quarterback. I think this uh, this guy is really good. So some thoughts on the early signing day. We're going to be keeping you up to date. And, you know, as I kind of let things settle in, um, in the signing day period, I've got my eye towards the January signing day to finish things up. We're going to be keeping you up to date on everything recruiting on LandryFootball.com as well as the Landry Football Podcast Network. So make sure that you take advantage of our holiday savings special today to um, get all the latest information on the college football in the transfer portal. And again, subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network so you can get all of our football show content. It's great talking with you. We'll talk to you next time as we break down more aspects of the game of football.